Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you're listening to when you enjoy it, please make sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get notified when I post new episodes. All my, all my social media is linked down below if you have any comments, critiques, feedbacks, concerns. I'm welcome to any feedback. I care very much about this podcast and I'd love to make it better, so genuinely, any kind of criticism feedback suggestions anything i'm open to it i i'm here to listen i'm but a measly podcaster with very little this is a micro podcast if that it's the whatever is smaller than a micro podcast that's what this is so any feedback is welcome this episode is going to be about the bachelor i had originally intended for this to be primarily about the golden bachelor and then maybe share some of my thoughts about bachelor in paradise season nine But when I was writing my notes for this podcast, I actually found that I had a lot to say about Bachelor in Paradise Season 9. So it's going to be a combo of both, probably pretty even in terms of what I have to say about Bachelor in Paradise Season 9 and what I have to say about The Golden Bachelor. I talk about a variety of shows. I've mostly focused on reality TV content for the last like three months because of the strike and everything. And even though I'm not an influencer in any capacity, like I'm not even a micro influencer, like I have no influence. I just decided to pivot to reality TV because SAG after was asking people not to talk about struck work if they were in any way like recap type things. And even though I'm not like an influencer, nor do I make money off this podcast, I obviously care about it and would love for it to grow and I never wanted it to grow. Like I didn't want to fill a space if it was open for good reason is I guess the thought I had in mind, but the strike's over now, so I can talk about whatever I want now. (laughs) But I want to talk about The Bachelor because it just ended and I have thoughts to say. And I've been really sporadic with this podcast for the last couple months due to some personal reasons. And I missed a lot of weeks about talking about The Bachelor. So I just kind of wanted to do a season overview of my thoughts post-mortem, I guess, on golden bachelor and bachelor in paradise season nine because i wasn't very consistent in covering it throughout the season like i wanted to be so that's the goal of this episode time stamps are in description as always so if you don't care about the golden bachelor you just want to listen to bachelor in paradise or vice versa you probably only care about the golden bachelor who cares about bachelor in paradise just kidding but time stamps are always in the description so even if you want to go back to like an old episode of mine and you're like i only care about one of the shows she's talking about you can only you can listen to just that section or none of it you don't have to listen to this podcast it's completely optional thanks for listening if you do at all it means a lot before i jump into talking about bachelor in paradise i do want to very quickly mention i (laughs) i stayed up until like five in the morning yesterday watching a netflix show called school spirits and it like i'm not typically somebody who loves stuff about like ghosts or like this or that or whatever but that made no sense i'm not typically somebody like what i see like oh somebody's a ghost and i'd be interesting interested no not necessarily but i really wanted to i needed something to watch on netflix and i was like i'll i'll give it a a chance like i wanted to watch something scripted and new because i had just watched like all i had caught up on this season of shark tank (laughs) the day before and i was like i just i don't know what to watch and so i so i it came up on my netflix and i was like i'll give it a shot and i really liked it and i am somebody who like i'm not good at not reading spoilers i don't 
typically care. I will look up a spoiler if it's giving me anxiety. Like I just, I don't really care about being spoiled. I think living on the West Coast specifically, I've really just like, I don't even care about being spoiled anymore because a lot of the shows that I care about will be like airing on the East Coast time. And I care more about being in the loop and knowing what's happening in real time than I do about like spoilers. So I'll be on Twitter, like finding things out. Like when Succession, the episode where Logan dies on Succession, I was working that day. And it like it went live and I couldn't watch because I was working and I knew that he died because my sister had messaged me like watching the episode. And so I don't really like I don't really care about spoilers. And it wasn't like a thing where I was like, how dare she? Because I don't care about spoilers, I guess, is a point of why I brought that up. I typically will just look up a spoiler, but there were eight episodes and I was like, no, I'm going to see this through because I wanted to see if I could figure out like the mystery and who the killer was. I have to say it it really caught me off guard. The plot twist at the end, I didn't see that coming. I wouldn't have guessed that because anyways, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a good show. And I'm thinking of maybe doing a deep dive on that. Maybe not next week because there are like eight episodes and they're 45 minutes long. And I don't really know if I want to like, it's a, it's like effort to rewatch shows and take notes for the deep dives that I do when I enjoy it. But I just like, I don't know if I care enough about the show to do it. Maybe I'll just do like a general overview, not like a deep dive episode by episode recap. Maybe I'll just talk about it more next week and be most, more spoilery and break down the characters. Like some kind of in-between between me just like mentioning it quickly right now and like doing like a a deep dive because those do take a little little bit more effort and honestly like the thing about the deep dives is i've like really found this out because i did a deep dive of genie and georgia season two and i have to say doing that one versus doing my or even i did a deep dive of that 90s show and it was only one season and that one wasn't that difficult because the episodes were like 30 minutes like that one was fine but i really enjoyed my yellow jackets deep dive because i feel like i had more to say on the characters like it's just it's i don't know if i have anything any commentary i want to provide you know and it's not one of those shows where i feel like yellow jackets i mean it's like i don't know Yellow Jackets is like a show where I feel like there's so many like hints and like foreshadowing and it's just like, I don't know. I had a lot to say about the show where I don't know if I have deep dive material for this School Spirits Netflix show. Like, I don't know if I care enough, but I enjoyed it and I did stay up watching it. Honestly, I think part of me just really didn't want to be spoiled. Like I was like, I'm not going to look up a spoiler. I'm going to stick it out until the end. But then I was on episode like seven and it was like four in the morning and i was like should i just should i just finish like should i just like i i anyways before i jump into bachelor in paradise season nine i want to say shout out to america lopez for um giving my podcast a shout out in the cameo that me and my sister ordered that mean that meant a lot to me yeah like we mentioned in the description of the thing but it was still nice to hear her say my my podcast name not gonna lie thanks for the shout out girly love you she's not listening to this i think it'd be funny if she did though like honestly more than i would want like america lopez giving my podcast a shout out to like bring me some kind of viewership i just love the idea that she in the back of her mind knows that my podcast exists like imagine like it would just be cool if america lopez listened to my podcast like that would just be cool you know anyways but i I really do recommend her cameos. It was like four minutes long. That's a really good length for a cameo. And coincidentally, we talked a lot about we. 
I think it was a FaceTime call. She shared her thoughts on The Bachelor because that's what that's what me and my sister wanted to hear from from her. She's been talking a lot about, you know, Big Brother and a lot of interviews. I feel like not that many people have asked her about her thoughts on Bachelor Nation. So I'm glad we got that insight into America's thoughts on Bachelor Nation because I always have a lot to say about Bachelor Nation. And speaking of having a lot to say about Bachelor Nation, this season of Bachelor in Paradise, boy, was it interesting. I think, honestly, it's hard to give this season of Bachelor in Paradise like a fair, objective review when... So much of it was, like, in my mind. I'm like, well, like, I I feel like because it was airing at the same time as The Golden Bachelor, I was just constantly comparing it to The Golden Bachelor. And I'd watch The Golden Bachelor, and then I'd watch Paradise, and I'd be like, this is annoying in comparison to The Golden Bachelor. Like, I feel like, I don't know. And I have to say, now that the season is over, looking back on, like, a lot of the ground that was covered and a lot of the storylines... I do feel even more like frustrated, I guess, because I feel like the solid couples didn't get that much screen time. Like, I just feel like they, they spent a lot of time talking about things that didn't end up panning out or mattering. And they didn't really give us like closure on any of them. The finale was three hours, first of all, which was like so long and dragged out because they had to like do that typical thing they do in paradise where they're like bachelor in paradise is now over break up and i literally hated when they did that i don't feel like this is something they've always done maybe i'm wrong but i feel like it was normally like right before a rose ceremony they'd be like if you're not serious don't accept this rose or something like now there is like some kind of like it's like the last day of paradise and jesse palmer comes down to the beach and he's like if you're not like have those serious conversations and it's just like prompting everybody to have breakup conversations or like we're gonna leave together conversations and i hate it like i hate that format it's so monotonous to just watch couples that are kind of inconsequential and like there's been no development kind of have that conversation where you're just like i didn't think anything like i don't like it i don't like it i don't like this new mechanic they've added to the structure of the show i don't know why they started doing that like i i don't know when did they start doing this why do they do this? I don't want to hear the people like having all these breakup convert. Like it's just annoying. It's like a, a lot of like dead air. Like it's just not fun to watch and it's not interesting. And the finale was just long and it felt dragged out for that reason. But anyways, it wasn't the it wasn't the best season simply because I think I always try to look at things if, as like like narratively and not in the sense that it's like fiction, but just like following the narrative arc, you know. Because I think to make a good reality TV show, obviously it's real and sometimes real life like isn't, but just like having, especially when it's not a show like Big Brother, which is like airing in real time. And I, in that regard, I have a little bit more understanding for The Bachelor edit, the Big Brother editors that they can't really know who the winner is going to be and then edit that into the show in real time because things change and the person who might be the front runner doesn't end up winning or all of those things when it's the bachelor it's like the season is ended you know how the, the relationships panned out and so there were things that in retrospect i'm like why did this get so much airtime when it didn't go anywhere <laughs> and 
it wasn't like properly wrapped up and like there was no like they would introduce things and then there would be no follow-through how do reality tv producers and editors edit their show i would love to have that conversation with somebody who does that professionally because i don't understand how it happens like i'm sure it's not like one editor even like like i'm sure it's multiple editors and they don't all work on the same episode i just I don't know. And I know Bachelor producers. I mean, I don't know this first fact. Like, I've, I've spoken to them. But I'm pretty sure Bachelor producers, it's, like, known that they, like, storyboard things. And they have ideas for how the season is going to play out in certain regards. So it's just, like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes the product I get is, like, I feel like I'm missing the real story. Like, I feel like I barely remember anything about eliza and aaron's relationship beyond like they had that little bit of conflict when eliza was like about whether aaron or eliza should go on a date with somebody else like that i feel like was the main thing but i feel like i don't know much about them and why they're compatible and what they like about each other like i feel (laughs) all i know is that aaron knows her breakfast order like i don't feel like i got the essence of why they're a couple and I and I and I'm not saying that in in a way to like dismiss them and their relationship. It's just I feel like they spent so much time on other storylines when we could have gotten a little bit more of Eliza and Aaron's relationship. Like there are some things that they could have maybe not showed us to then give us a little. Like there's some give and take. You know, they could have taken a bit more to give us a bit more. But anyways, Mercedes deserved better than Tyler. I literally, that, he was so annoying. And I feel like that was a big just feeling I got throughout the season where I'm like, I feel like people were not communicating. Like a lot of people, I feel like were just there writing it out. Like they were going to stay as long as they wanted to stay. Which again, is why I don't love this mechanic of like, like all the couples it's encouraged that you like give a rose out until the last rose ceremony and then there's like seven people like seven couples left and then jesse palmer comes down and like half of those couples if not more are not a serious thing so then we have to spend like an hour of airtime maybe a little bit less just having all of these couples break up when they could have just in the last rose ceremony been like this rose this rose means you will be going to the fantasy suite and you want to pursue things like that speech that jesse palmer gives when he's like decide if you want to go to the fantasy suites or you want to leave together why couldn't they have that in the last rose ceremony before that like why like it just that would be such a great moment to do it it's like this rose means that you are committing to at least going to fantasy suites together Give them that decision then in a moment where people typically go home because then there's just a ton of people left over and we have to watch a million breakup conversations when we could get that during the cocktail party. They could have their conversations during the cocktail party and then when they give out their roses, it could be like, I can't give you this rose or I can't accept this rose because we're not at that place or whatever it is, like something more interesting narratively. I think honestly the stakes of somebody being like will you accept this rose and the person being like i can't like we're not there that's a lot more interesting and dramatic and good tv than us watching like 20 breakup conversations for couples who have like barely been dating but that's just my take anyways i that's not even what i was talking about mercedes deserved better than tyler he kind of just i feel like was there hanging out dragging her on she really liked him 
I feel like a lot more than he liked her. Brayden and Rachel were like a couple that it seemed really good. Like that's one of those things where I feel like they brought it in and then it disappeared and there was no really clean wrap up. Like I know Brayden went on a date with Becca, I think is her name. And then that was basically the end of Brayden and Rachel. But it's just like, there's no follow through. Like we see this great date between Brayden and Rachel. And then suddenly it's like, there's no even really concrete conversation of like I really like you but I just it's not strong enough for me to commit like nothing there's no maybe they didn't have that conversation I don't know but it's just bad producing in my opinion but anyways I really appreciated Kat's arc on the show like she had a lot of flaws and a lot of moments throughout the season where it's like okay girly pop get it together but I like the fact that I like the fact that she ended up in a relationship and ended up working out. Like, I feel like Kat is one of those people who a lot of the, like, attention, I guess, to her flaws and antics and, and hiccups or whatever you want to call them in the beginning of the season, I think it makes sense because we got, like, an arc from her. Like, it, it made sense. Like, she was a little bit of a nightmare a little at the season. I mean, I don't want to call her a nightmare, whatever. It's a very stressful environment. Did she handle herself the best? No. Was it great TV? Yes, and I liked it. And the thing about Kat is that, was it that horrible of behavior? No, it was kind of bratty. It was kind of like immature. Like, I'm not gonna look back and be like, Kat is a horrible person. I just, I don't, like it, it was all fun and games to me personally. I didn't take any of that to heart. I, You know, I support women's rights and women's wrongs. Like that's just what it comes down to. And she's a Gemini. Like when you have that information, doesn't that just change your perspective a little bit like is it really her fault when she is a gemini not really i i say this jokingly although i am a gemini but i i I liked that we saw a change in her we saw a change in her when she started dating john henry and i i really like that relationship i'm really rooting for them like i i think they balance each other out i think they're good i wish we had gotten a bit more of that like i feel like the, the the most memorable part of Kat this season is going to be all of her antics and not her love story, which is kind of sad, but it is what it is. And like, she did do those things. I'm not saying they shouldn't have highlighted it, but I just wish we had gotten a little bit more of her relationship with John Henry to like balance it out. But I guess the show will always prioritize the drama, which is funny because the whole point is about love. But I have to say in the finale, when they had their date, I really appreciated her opening up. Like, I feel like I, I don't know much about Kat and her being like, I moved out when I was 17 and I lived in like a like a group home and I didn't really talk to my parents. Like, I'm, that says a lot about a person. And I know on the show, there's like always kind of, there's always like a, a very monotonous structure of like, you go on a one-on-one date, you share some kind of trauma, you kiss, you get a rose. Like, that's a very formulaic formulaic thing that happens a lot of times on The Bachelor to the point where sometimes, not that the traumas they bring up don't matter, but they bring up just like any kind of quote unquote sob story, like anything that makes them vaguely sympathetic as like the example of them being vulnerable, where I don't really feel like it necessarily always really gives us that much insight into who they are as a person, who they are in a relationship. Like I I think like sometimes they share something and I'm like, okay, I, I learned nothing about you except you went through that one sad thing one time. And I do think while like sad things we go through 
shape us to some regard. Happy things we go through also shape us. Things we go through in life shape us. And I don't love, I don't always love the focus in these shows of having to share some kind of trauma or hardship to prove that you can be vulnerable in a relationship and prove that you have some kind of depth as in like as if going through trauma or hardships suddenly means that you are more like deep person i just think there's a lot of like unnecessary focus sometimes on i like going through a hard thing or going through trauma specifically like makes you more mature and more i don't know so i'm not saying that i like I don't typically love when they open up open up in the way where it just feels like something they're doing because they need to. I appreciated Kat opening up because I genuinely feel like it gave me insight into who she is beyond this like caricature, which I'm sure is a version of herself. But a lot of the cat that we got this season was like difficult, quote unquote, or high maintenance, quote unquote, like she doesn't like the sand. She did like that was even like her intro was like she hates sand she hates this and that like i i feel like i just i didn't know much about about cat as a well-rounded human being and i feel like that gave me a little bit of insight because while that does not define her of course she's a person beyond that i'm sure it did have a big influence on her and i like i just appreciated knowing that and i i tend to have like room and grace for people who are quote-unquote villains on the show you know within reason because sometimes people are villains on the show and it's like okay they just genuinely in my opinion need like psychological help for their anger issues <laughs> or they were really insensitive like i'm still never gonna think that shanae was like a misunderstood villain when she was like mocking somebody's adhd to me like that is a step too far chad johnson sure he said fuck you chris harrison that time and it was hilarious but he also kind of had a bit of anger issues you know, there's a line for me when it comes to villains. And I feel like Kat, her villainry, like she, she was, a, I'm not going to excuse it. But to me, it's just like, I, I am going to forget about it, I guess. Like it's not somebody who's going to still leave a bad taste in my mouth many years later, you know? I, I went on that tangent for way longer than I meant to, but welcome to the Emmy Awards. <laughs> Blake and Jess were an interesting relationship, with, which again, like I have a hard time because I'm like, oh, we, we we got so much of these relationships that didn't end up panning out. But it's like also in their defense, they only had like two couples that got it, got to the end. So it's like, it's hard. It's hard. But I also feel like they, they gave Blake and Jess airtime that they maybe wouldn't have if they didn't plan to bring Katie down and have that whole thing. Which I have to say, I liked the roast, okay? I would like to preface this by saying I liked the roast. But I just like, I got so attached to their relationship. It didn't last. Although I had an inkling that it didn't last because even though I didn't look up spoilers, my sister did. And she didn't tell me the spoilers except for John Henry and Kat because she was like, I don't even know who John Henry is because it was before he came down on the beach or something. I just remembered that Kat and Brayden like dated a little bit at the beginning. I, for I completely forgot about that. Like I know I was talking about all of her antics, but I was just thinking about like, Man, Kat and Brayden were like a thing for a hot minute. That's kind of crazy. But, you know, Geminis and Aries, they they pair well, but they also clash. I don't like Aries for the for the record. I'm not the biggest fan. But even even with all of my preconceived opinions and prejudices towards Aries as people, I have always given Brayden, like I, I've always liked Brayden. I, like I feel like the hate he got was kind of, like he didn't handle himself the best all the time. And I'm talking about his season on, uh, I'm talking about charity because I, I really don't think he did anything wrong 
on Paradise, except maybe the way he handled things with Rachel. But that wasn't even that bad. Like, there's no bad blood between them. And I also just, like, part of me is, like, maybe we didn't see, like, any final conversations because it did seem to just end very abruptly. But anyways, I don't remember how I got on this tangent. Oh, oh, the spoilers that my sister... I knew that Kat ended up with somebody, but I, I didn't know any other spoilers except my sister did say, like, I don't really... I'm not that invested in the couples. And I know my sister likes Jess and I know my sister likes Blake. So I knew that if they were a couple that she would be like rooting for them in some capacity. So I kind of knew that they didn't last simply because of that. Because my sister was like, I looked up spoilers and I don't really care about any of these couples. I think my sister would be a little bit more invested if it was, maybe she wouldn't have been, but I took that to mean Jess and Blake are not going to (laughs) last. Eugenia, if you're listening to this, please message me and let me know if I'm accurate. Like if you would have cared if they lasted. But I, I, I just love them both individually and I was rooting for their happiness. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't it, then it wasn't it. And I wish them both happiness in their individual endeavors. I have to say, I think it's funny in the like end notes where they did like follow-ups of where everybody is now. I think it's funny that they said that <laughs> Blake is just biding his time in the wilderness until he can become the golden bachelor that was hilarious i'll I'll give them that that was really funny because i feel like there is kind of like a running joke of blake just always coming back he would make a great bachelor why don't they make him the regular bachelor why do why why do we have to wait until he's old are you implying that he's not going to find love at his age he's a catch I, I try not to ship real people because they're real people and I genuinely, like, I don't know them. But, like, Rachel and Rachel Reckia and Blake, like, they, Rachel has said that Blake was, like, her best friend. I'm like, why don't they date? I feel like they could really be, again, I don't know them. Maybe there's no chemistry. Maybe they're not attracted to each other. Relationships on paper can be one thing. And then, like, you can be really good friends with somebody. But if you're not attracted to them, you're not attracted to them. Or if you just don't have that connection, you don't, like... Things can be platonic. I'm not one of those people who thinks like, oh, you're friends with the the sex that you're attracted to, so you're gonna whatever. Like, it's not that simple. But like in my in my fantasy worlds, where where I would like pair two people together, I'm like they're really good friends. She's a pilot and he travels like a lot, so like that could be a good. But again, relationships are more than just like you're friends with somebody and and your lifestyles would maybe be compatible for like long-term partnership who knows i I don't know the relationship but i really like blake and i really like jess so i was rooting for them but i understood why they ended and i was i like it was just sad to me like I, i i tried not to get too invested because i knew they didn't last but I was also just, I was invested. What can I say? I'm a little bit delusional sometimes. And I'm like, well, just because they don't last on the show, it doesn't mean they didn't like make it work after. Like Noah and Abigail broke up and they're going strong. They're engaged. They adopted a dog. They're living in Oklahoma. I think they're living somewhere in the Midwest. I think it's Oklahoma, but if it's not, then my apologies to the state of Oklahoma. I think they live in Oklahoma. I just, anytime I say Oklahoma, I just, the euphoria scene is playing in my head. <laughs> but like, they didn't last. Like they, and they've said, I think that just like the, the, the circumstances weren't great. Sometimes you're in that environment and you're just like, I can't really, con- like, I don't feel free to communicate with you. Or like, there's just, you know, barriers. So I don't know, but it is what it is. They, they, I, I was a little bit like, maybe they'll get together after. But when they ended, I was like, yeah, it's just, it's not it for them. And that's okay. Kylie and Avon, they they were an interesting duo because Kylie was very much like there for Avon. 
She dated Will and then had that whole beef with Olivia because she dated Will. And then Avon came down and she was pretty solid with Avon throughout. And again, I wish we had gotten a bit more of Kylie and Avon. And then like the, the finale, half of the finale, if not more, was spent like all the time that Kylie and Avon got it spent it was spent talking about this like conflict that they were having about the fact that she really wanted to get engaged and he was like I don't want to get engaged like so I just like I don't feel like I got anything from them like I just I want to see more of these couples I feel like the the most of the stuff that I remember from the season and maybe that says something about me and maybe I'm not really in it for the love I don't know I I really do think I am personally I, I think it's like a mix of both because I you know what it is is I used to be a lot more in it for the love and then couples that I I, I was parasocially like invested in broke up and didn't last and I just got to a point where I was like I I need to watch this with like a boundary for myself and like the you know the thought in my brain that I don't actually know these people because I can't I can't keep getting emotionally invested in relationships of people I don't know that I've only learned of through like I, it just it became it got to a point where I was like and as I've, I've I've begun to watch reality tv more critically I just always try to watch shows with the idea in my mind that I don't know these people they are strangers to me the way that they behaved on the show I might not like and I might not log some of their actions and their words but I don't genuinely know them nor do I genuinely know the ins and outs of their relationship based off of an edited tv show and I honestly I just try to personally have that in mind because I think for me it's a much healthier way to watch reality tv because not that I don't have genuine feelings and opinions and thoughts and like form my opinions of like if I really would like somebody or not that's not necessarily like I, I just I like to have that barrier because at the end of the day I think a lot of the times people like viewers become very because they're emotionally invested in the show can sometimes become like very and again this isn't everybody who is like very emotionally or par- even parasocially invested in TV shows. But I feel like sometimes we as an audience, people become like so invested that it becomes unhealthy and they like genuinely are like this person is a terrible person or they're not ready for love or like they make these statements of who these people are as like human beings when the reality is you don't know them. I always and like I always go on tangents and then I forget where I started and how that tangent happened. I think in this I was talking about how I used to be a lot more in it for the love. Not that I'm not in it for the love now. I feel like the show is also just not doing a great job of prioritizing love stories, but that's just my opinion as well. But anyways, Kylie and Aiden, the whole get engaged, don't get engaged back and forth. I have to say I was not on Kylie's side. I like Kylie. I, again, I support women's rights and women's wrongs, but I was just not on her side because I think that is like a unhealthy, in my opinion, part of the Bachelor franchise. And not always because like if, if you're the Bachelor, for example, or like when Rachel Lindsay was the Bachelorette and she was like, she knew what she wanted. And obviously she didn't just end up with Brian because he was ready to get married and Peter wasn't ready. It wasn't like that black and white, but I... I I think there is like nuance to that kind of conversation and I just didn't I, I I wasn't on Kylie's side because I feel like to her it was so much more about like that ring when he was like but I'm committed to you and I, I wish maybe he had like and I don't know of what like how much the conversation went on and how much we didn't see 
But if I was Ethan, I would have been like, it's not that I don't want to and I don't see myself one day marrying you and that I don't think that you were the person I'm going to marry. It's that this is a very fast situation that we're meeting in and I want to make sure that we're solid and we have that strong foundation in the real world before we make that commitment to each other because committing for marriage means I'm committing for marriage and I want that foundation to be as strong in the like just something a bit more solid than and maybe he did articulate it and then cut it out I don't know but I really I really didn't like that arc because I'm like neither is is necessarily wrong because Kylie's not wrong for being like this is what I want I'm not gonna settle but Ethan's also not wrong for not being able to handle it I just wish there was more of a conversation of him being like it's not that I don't want to get married it's just that the engagement right now I don't understand why that I don't know there's some nuance to it like I I also just think when like going on Bachelor in Paradise to me is a bit different than going on like one of the main shows and not that i think that there should be like an expectation to get engaged at the end of the shows regardless i think people should feel comfortable leaving just as boyfriend and girlfriend if it's what they can handle i think that's great when people do that genuinely um i think it's great when people get engaged too it again if that's what they both want like if, if there's somebody who really wanted to get engaged and then they like settle or they like like you know there's always again nuance but i keep going on unnecessary tangents but i just like when you're going on bachelor in paradise it's like a shorter experience i you do spend more time together when you when you go on bachelor in paradise i don't feel like the majority of the couples that leave the show nowadays leave engaged it's not really the same outcome in the way that The Bachelor is, where it's like the end, most of the times you get engaged, like that's the format of the show. Like Bachelor in Paradise, a lot of people go and just meet long-term relationships that then end up. Like I think Bachelor in Paradise, not always, I think they're or not just for that reason, but I think Bachelor in Paradise, one of the reasons it has like long-lasting couples is because not everybody gets engaged at the end. A lot of people just leave in long-term relationships and they have like a lot of time in the outside world before they get engaged and i and i think sometimes the bachelor people get engaged and it's like but what was the point of getting engaged anyway like i, I would rather not get engaged to somebody when i felt like i was ready to be engaged to them and but then eventually get engaged and have it last then get engaged to somebody really rushed and then that engagement not last you know because then the engagement didn't really mean anything i would rather the engagement be when we are both 100 percent sure than it be like rushed because it's what i wanted but they weren't ready and i to kylie's credit when avon was like I'm, i can't do that he, she was like i don't want to leave without you and they left together and they seem to be going strong according to the where are they now thing but anyways i keep going on unnecessary tangents i swear I'll, I'll i'll get back on track olivia was an interesting character throughout because she never really have had much of a love story like i feel like the producers probably really loved her because she gave great itms and she fed into the drama sometimes to the point where i was like okay this isn't necessary she bothered me a lot not gonna lie like i liked her but then she also bothered me mixed feelings about olivia but you know she did what she what she went there to do i mean actually i don't know what she went there to do but if she went there to be a colorful narrator type figure she did a good job she did a good job and again with when her when she broke up with michael i think is his name they were barely together and not in the way that i'm trying to like dismiss her feelings because it is kind of shitty that she was like getting let on or getting like disappointed in situations 
and like she would like somebody and then actually both times i think it was cat <laughs> she she liked will no no cat didn't like will sorry to slander cat like that not that liking will is me slandering her just i'm not i'm trying to say that cat stole olivia's man every time <laughs> she only stole her man once i think if she did it more than that i apologize i don't remember all the ins and outs of the season. There were a lot of people who went on like dates one time and then it didn't last. But Olivia had like, a, like she would be interested in somebody and then he would go to somebody else. So I understand why she probably felt really like shitty at the end when Michael broke up with her. But again, this is why I feel like they should have that conversation at the last rose ceremony and be like, this is a rose. That means you are committing to at least go to fantasy suites and talk about pursuing your relationship outside of this. They have that then. So then all those people go home during the rose ceremony. All of this like breakup montage where like all of these couples break up, it's unnecessary. Like Sam from Canada, who I liked. I liked Sam from Canada. And then Peter, who's a pilot, who is not Pilot Pete, um, who is the Pilot Pete, but not the Pilot Pete, you know, not Sweet Num's son, Pilot Pete, just a pilot named Peter. Sam was like, yeah, I, I just don't, which is fair. She's from Canada. I don't know if she still lives in Canada. Again, they were kind of an inconsequential thing where if they just decided at the cocktail party, like the last, in last week's episode, like, no, we're actually not compatible. That would have been fine. A lot better. Like, God, cut this out, whoever is producing the show. Like, seriously, I'm so, get, get me on a phone call. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Rachel Reckia. I wanted more Rachel Reckia. I was saying that all throughout the season. Even her like relationship with Brayden, it didn't pan out. Whatever happened to that? I mean, I, not that I wanted it to happen, but like there was no closure. I have to say though, as much as I wish we had gotten more Rachel, Rachel handled, handled herself really, really well this season. And I was Rachel defender throughout the Rachel Gabby season. Did I think she always did everything right? Of course she didn't, nobody does. But, and, and I think she was kind of put in an unfair position. I know she said that she wouldn't do the show again without Gabby, like the, doing it with Gabby made it worth it. And I'm like very happy that that was a positive experience for her. But I think in the two lead dynamic, they didn't need to protect the lead as much. Not that they always have been. I mean, they literally like did like a fuck Clayton song after his season. Like they don't give a shit about the leads anymore. But even, but I think especially with the two leads, it was kind of like fine if Rachel didn't get a love story, quote unquote fine, because Gabby still got, like I, I just didn't like the comparison. I didn't like the way it emboldened the men to be kind of shitty towards Rachel or even shitty towards Gabby. Although I don't feel like it happened as much. Like I, I just feel like Rachel, I don't, I, I feel like Paradise is a lot more her speed. And I thought that from the beginning. I liked her as The Bachelorette, but I, I just, I loved her on this season. And I have to say it was a really sweet moment where when she decided to leave and she was like tearing up because she was like, I'm crying because like, I'm really, like it was a really positive experience. Like I told myself when I needed to leave, I would leave, but I'm crying because this was like such a positive experience for me. And that was really beautiful. And I'm glad that it was a positive experience because I know that, <laughs> The Bachelorette was not positive. The Bachelor was not positive. I'm glad that she had one moment on this franchise that was positive. Even if she didn't find love, she left feeling better about herself and feeling like she learned more about herself. And sometimes that is more important than finding love. Like that, sometimes that's more than you can ask for. So I'm really happy for her, but I do wish we had gotten more of Rachel. I, I love her so much. Rachel Recchia. 
Gabby and Rachel love them. Like I, I love them both so much. And obviously Gabby's very happy now. And I, I doubt Rachel would ever be the bachelorette, but I kind of just wish we had gotten individual seasons with them because I, I don't know. But anyways, I loved them together. Not hating on them together. I love that they're still like besties. Loved that. But I just feel like they were kind of robbed of not having full seasons in in their own regard. But that's my opinion personally. Although I, do, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, Rachel's experience was really difficult. And from a viewer, I'm like, I wonder how much of that had to do with the dual bachelorette thing. But I think because her experience was so difficult, she would probably be like, I wouldn't want to do it alone because at least I had Gabby. Like it was a very bad experience, but at least I left with Gabby. So like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's give and take to that because how it, it could have very well still been just as traumatizing and negative of an experience, but she wouldn't have had Gabby. So, you know, it happened the way it was supposed to happen. And I'm very happy for Gabby. Um, and I'm very happy for Rachel, even if Rachel's not in a relationship. I'm just happy for her doing her thing and thriving and being a kick-ass pilot. I have to say the editors this season were like very shady or snarky or whatever in their editing with like the text on the screen of like professions or like at some point Sean was talking about being a Swifty and they put not a Swifty. Like they poked fun a lot. And I've said this before, I think Bachelor in Paradise has like a campy element that the bachelor doesn't typically lean into because the bachelor is a lot more like people are here to find their wife or husband where i think bachelor in paradise they they care about the love but they also are like this is an outrageous dramatic we're gonna do a, a like a crazy you know it's a little campier it's a little more tongue-in-cheek and i like that about paradise and i i think the editors did a good job of that this season with just like words on the screen i found a lot of them really funny they literally there was a scene where jess was crying in her eye dms and her like the text under her name where her job title would normally be it said missing errors tour for this and i thought it was so funny i took a screenshot i wonder if she actually did miss the errors tour for that because they need to compensate her. I think she went to an Aeros tour show. I hope she did. She deserved to. Actually, I think she did because didn't her TikTok go viral? Yeah, I think she did because she made a TikTok where in the end of, like there was a, there was a um, date on her season where on like the, I think it was Zach's season that she was on. Yeah, on Zach's season that they went to like a witch type person and people would, say things and she like yelled that she loved taylor swift as she threw something into the fire and then so she she showed that clip and then she showed herself at the era store so she did go so i don't know if she was supposed to go to another day or they were just being funny because she was a swifty but i take the era store very seriously i'm kidding i really don't i really don't um what what else what other final thoughts do i have to say about the season i think there were too many guests and I liked the roast. Like I love Katie Thurston and I liked the roast and I think it was a very interesting tool they used for like people then to like, I wish we had gotten more of the roast. Like I genuinely loved the roast. That was one instance where I didn't hate that they brought something somebody back. Although I wish that they would stop with these fake outs of like, oh, we're bringing this person down on the beach or they here to date. When they did it with Hannah Brown, I thought it was stupid. Like the Hannah Brown one, in my opinion, was way more stupid because she's been in a very public relationship for like years now. And she had literally just gotten engaged like before the episode aired. And it's like, we as the audience are not idiots. We can go on her Instagram and see that she has a fiance. Like, it's so stupid, especially because Hannah Brown is one of 
the most, if not the most popular in terms of Instagram numbers, contest like former Bachelor Nation contestants. So it's like, I'm sure a good amount of your audience who's watching Bachelor in Paradise follows Hannah Brown or has at some point followed Hannah Brown or known about the jet. Like, it's just stupid. It was stupid. When Katie Thurston came down, I didn't think she was there to date just because... She's on F-Boy Island, and I don't know when they filmed F-Boy Island, but I was like, I, I mean, I don't know, because I feel like that would, if she was there to date, contractually, I don't know, you can really be on two dating shows at the same time, <laughs> like, as a contestant, because that kind of gives away that you're not in a relationship based on when one was filmed and the other, like, I was just like, I don't, that doesn't seem, like, I, I didn't think that she was there to date, and I just didn't like the fake out, like, I wish that they had just been like, we're having a roast and we have a special guest, and then they brought her out, and then she could have done a few Blake jokes, and it would have still been funny, and maybe they could have talked, like, Blake and, and her could have talked after the roast, but we wouldn't have had to have so much, like, suspense of, like, Jess being miserable, or, like, you know, is she here to date? I hate that back and forth. I, I, I don't like it. But I I did enjoy seeing Katie. But like when they brought Hannah Brown down and it was like, is she going to date for like 30 minutes of the show? And then they did like a pointless, what was it? A, like a bonfire or truth or like, I don't know. It was so stupid. And it was so early in the season where it was like, I don't know. I didn't like the truth box. I liked that they brought Kenny and Mari for their wedding. I liked that they gave them their flowers. Kenny and Mari were kind of shafted in terms of like, like they were together, but then I feel like they were kind of forgotten. So I'm glad that they had their wedding. I'm, I hope they paid them for that or at least paid for the wedding. But in general, it was an interesting season of Paradise. Not the best, not the worst. I will say, I think the production interference, it wasn't as uh, egregious as last season. Like there was no like planting vibrators and suitcases. It was a little bit more tolerable to watch. Overall, I didn't, like, I feel like there were, I feel like the main feeling I got at the end of last season was like, all these people were miserable. I didn't feel that that much this season. Were some people miserable? Yes, but a lot more of the conflict and drama and things that made people miserable. Some of it was producer interference, like bringing down Katie and, and messing with Blake and Jess a little bit. But a lot of it, I feel like was just genuine interpersonal conflict. I'll, Obviously, a lot of it manufactured by producers because they choose when Avon comes down and therefore they gave Kylie a date. So she took Will and that caught like, obviously, it's not like they're just put into a, like they're put on a beach and everything unfolds the way it does. Obviously, producers have hands in things, but I just feel like there weren't as many things that felt unnecessarily like, I don't know, the Sally's suitcase drama and like how miserable everybody was last season they felt it didn't feel that bad this season like i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i i had critiques as i always do but it wasn't the worst season of bachelor in paradise and i do think a little bit better a little bit better than last season in terms of i think one of the best parts of reality tv and the most interesting is obviously again it's not always like you just put people on a beach or put people in a house and like things happen there's like conflict that sometimes is done by producers that's part of producing a show do I always love it? No. But I think that there is always like a line of producer like interference and involvement that feels a little bit more standard. And then to the point where it's like they are literally planting dildos and, and like bringing somebody's quote unquote suitcase to cause drama to a, like to a point where it feels icky it feels unnecessary like things like that where it's like we really didn't need that it added nothing choosing when somebody comes down to the beach that's something that's standard and happens every season 
it's a little bit different to me because at the end of the day, Kylie still has agency. Maybe she's like encouraged by the producers. That's always a theory. But like, even if like the person that you're not interested in hasn't come down on the beach, like at some, like you have to play the game a little bit because you want to wait until they come down to the beach, but you also have agency in choosing who you go on dates with. So like a lot of that drama, I wouldn't say it's organic, but it's not completely GMO. It's like somewhere in the middle. I don't know that analogy lost momentum but that's all i have to say about bachelor in paradise <laughs> moving on to the golden bachelor i've said this before generally i think the episodes were too short they could have been longer and i think like i said at the beginning of this episode that it was hard for me to watch paradise and not compare it to the golden bachelor and be like this is what paradise is missing in certain regards while watching the golden bachelor and it was just always kind of a bummer to watch the golden bachelor and like have it end and be like oh my god it's over that was so short and then watch paradise and like an hour into it be like i'm done like i i, I could i could be good like they should have made golden bachelor two hours and then paradise one like it would have been fine they could have cut out a lot of the irrelevant people respectfully because i'm also irrelevant i'm just a girl with a podcast <laughs> Like, not irrelevant in the sense that they are not, like, important and relevant in their own regard and don't deserve screen time. I'm not trying to say that in any regard. Like, I don't think, oh, you went home night one, you're less important. None of that. But I'm just saying in terms of the main characters of, like, who lasts in a relationship and who causes the most drama, there were a lot of relationships that could have been condensed in that they didn't last. So we could have just gotten, like, bits and pieces and then they're ending like i don't know there's just a lot of cleanup they could have done and i think maybe if the episodes were shorter they could have figured that out like figured out what to cut out and what like what was narratively important where i think the golden bachelor at least they had that strength where they only had so much space so they put the stuff that mattered and maybe also the golden bachelor just had more content you know to capture i don't really know i loved the cast the golden bachelor as I said in my last episode, I think is what this franchise needed to like give it new life and, and breathe new air into it or whatever the phrases are because it was really just missing its authenticity and its romance. I think those are two things that The Bachelor has kind of been falling flat in, which the romance one is just ironic because that was the whole point of the show. <laughs> like that's the whole point of the show. You know, you're not watching it to see, to watch people win money and backstab you watch big brother survivor for that the love should at least be an important part in what you're trying to sell me not just drama and i think the golden bachelor just did a great job of letting people be themselves and and being very authentic and again and i talked about this in my last episode so i don't want to go too deep into it i guess because i don't want to keep repeating myself but i think that the golden bachelor allowed the women to be completely themselves in a way that the regular bachelor i feel like there's this barrier because of the conversations surrounding social media and reasons people go on the show like there's too much of a taboo of like even vaguely considering going on the show for any kind of exposure like it it's this weird attitude that the show has towards social media where it's like if you're in any way interested in having some kind of platform that means that you're not interested in love and it's so black or white in the sense that i feel like the women the younger women probably just have like a barrier and an obstacle and like this thing that they that they're more aware of where i feel like the older women probably just because of a different dynamic with the producers 
And because they are probably at a point in their life where they don't care as much because they're already established, they already live their lives. Like they, they have less to lose, I feel like. Because who's gonna, not that like people of any age can have controversies and, and, and critiques, but it's just like when you're young and you go on the show and you're just starting out your career, like you have a lot to lose. You don't want to get off of a show and be like the villain. We live in, we live in a day and age where like you make one mistake or like you're a certain way on TV and it can like genuinely like impact the way people view you for like a long time after. And I just, I don't know. I think there's the barrier probably in the regular bachelor and i said this a lot more eloquently last week because i wrote notes about it and i don't have notes about it this week so i don't remember what i what my thesis was but i just think in general the golden bachelor felt a lot more real because the women probably just didn't have those walls up that i feel like a lot of contestants have nowadays when they go on reality tv because you are just very aware and because a lot of people in the younger generation live on social media and so much of their life is on social media there is like a level of awareness that probably most people have when they go on these shows of like you don't want to be hated by the internet because you probably if you've been on the internet have seen how vicious that can get and again i think there's always nuance people genuinely do bad things or have problematic behavior on tv shows i'm not saying that you can go on reality tv and be an absolute like ass of a human being but i also just think sometimes the the punishment doesn't fit the crime and somebody being like slightly evil or problematic on a tv show gives people permission to just hate them completely and like ruin their lives and and, and not that it ruins your life but it, i don't remember my point i think the bat the golden bachelor and i've said this many times i think it was just very real in a way that the bachelor franchise was missing and i don't fault the contestants for this because i think there is just probably a level of power you don't have if you're a contestant on a reality TV show in this day and age with social media that you probably have to be not entirely yourself because you don't know how they can portray you. So I think there's just probably a barrier that I just, I feel like the older contestants probably didn't have because you're just at a different point in your life. But anyways, I think we could have gotten more. It was very authentic, it was very real. It was what the show, what the franchise needed to give it new life. In terms of the cast members, I loved Edith. I was so sad when she got evicted. I thought she was so beautiful. She was my Latina queen. I was excited to see more of Edith and then she was gone. Another thought I had about this season and it's not exactly a critique, it's just a thought I had, is there, partially because the episodes were shorter but also because there was no international travel, like the trajectory of the season just felt different to me. There were also less hometowns, there were less fantasy suites, like it just felt very condensed. And I, I wonder if it has to do with like budget, did they not know if it was going to be successful so they were like let's just try this out. Will they always have the Golden Bachelor, like will the Golden Bachelor format always be like this? I don't know, I found that interesting because it's like it's the first season of its kind so how much is the string from bachelor tradition just them figuring out if this was popular and they're gonna be standard going forward or how much is this just gonna be the format from here on out i guess is my thought if if they're even i really hope they do a golden bachelorette like i just i have so many questions about the like the future of the golden bachelor and its role in the bachelor franchise i'm really curious anyways let, loved the cast loved edith i really liked marina 
she was gone too soon. I was like really rooting for Marina. And then she just left after like episode one and it was barely explained. They posted on their Instagram, like a clip of her calling. Another example of something that they cut out that we could have seen. Marina was just gone. They didn't even explain it. And then they posted on their Instagram, like, oh, a, like a FaceTime Marina had with Gary being like, my, I have the, my, my children need me. You couldn't have shown that in the show. April was hilarious. She was really funny, great TV. Obviously not kind of compatible with Gary, which she has said, nope, like that's not me shading her or shading Gary. She said that she, Gary is not her kind of guy. <laughs> So I hope she finds her kind of guy, but she was funny. She was good TV. I loved Ellen. I really thought she was going to be more of a contender. I said this last week too, but the Golden Bachelor, I really struggled to like predict what was going to happen. I never knew where Gary's mind was genuinely. I'd never had any idea what he was, what decisions he was going to make. I was constantly surprised. I thought Ellen was final to at least. I thought Ellen was it for him. Not going to lie. I thought Nancy was going to go farther. I loved Natasha. She was just so funny breath of fresh air. I really liked Sandra. I loved the breathing in, breathing out thing. I love that the Golden Bachelor posted the unedited clip with the F word in like on their Instagram. Great marketing. She missed her daughter's wedding, which I mean, that's a big effort. I wouldn't really, I, I would actually, I would care if, I'm, if my mother missed my wedding for the Golden Bachelor, but to each their own and you know if, if the mom is happy then that's great i also really liked susan she was really interesting it just the show the bachelor typically has people where you're like i don't really think that they're contenders for the lead but they're really interesting or like i like their relationships with the other women and I, like i was looking through the cast before filming this to think of any notes i had and there are very few people in the cast where i was like i, did, I didn't like what they contributed even if i didn't agree with them or i wasn't really rooting for them like i just, they brought a lot to the table these women like they did a great job in the casting maybe that's why it took so long for the show to finally be made <laughs> But anyways, Faith was a very interesting contestant because her connection with Gary, that was, it was interesting to me because it was like very strong on the first night. And then she kind of was around, but not really, like I didn't think he was that into her. And then they had that one-on-one -on -one where I feel like he learned more about her and it became a bit more serious for him where it wasn't just like, oh, I was initially attracted to her, but then it kind of fizzled out. And I think the other connections just pulled through, but I, I was always confused about Faith because I was like, don't think she i thought she was gonna go home before she did like i was surprised that she got a hometown i was surprised that gary said he loved her in front of his family or her family like i i was i was just surprised by the whole faith thing not because i didn't like faith i did like faith but they were just so like he really liked her and then i kind of felt like he didn't really care about her that much and then he really liked her again so it was just confusing to me jones exit was another one that was like sad a lot of their exits were just sad because it was never i've said oh god i feel like i just repeat myself when i talk about the golden bachelor but the stakes were just so high like it wasn't just like oh i need to go home it's like my my daughter had like a, an emergency c-sec like it was so like these people had like real responsibilities and real lives and again not that people in their 20s don't have real responsibilities in real lives okay i am a mother to two cats i understand responsibility but i'm never going to say this it's the same as people who have like grown adult children who are then having children i'm sure it's a very different experience and it's just sad it's sad like it's really when the, like the highs are so high and the lows are so low in the show it's so because it feels so much more real i guess is my point but 
I know I talked about Joan when she left and I was sad to see her leave. I'm glad that she was in the women's hall and she seemed to be doing well and, I, and her, her daughter is doing a lot better from what she said, which is great to hear. Kathy's conflict with Teresa is really interesting to look back on now, like knowing Teresa one, because she even said at some point, like Teresa said that Kathy had said to her, it's you or you're the one or something along those lines, which is just interesting because it's like how much of Kathy's feelings towards Teresa were because Kathy was like, it's Teresa and Kathy felt maybe insecure or jealous or like, who knows? Who knows? I'm not trying to psychoanalyze Kathy, but it's just interesting in retrospect and in relation to Teresa when because I just wonder how much Kathy's feelings towards Teresa were genuinely like Teresa didn't like rubbed her the wrong way or like I know Teresa's winning and I don't need her rubbing it in my face you know maybe a combination of both I also want to say that I I listened to Game of Roses love them met them at their book signing those are my besties I have a, I'm that those are my parasocial best friends like I'm not even kidding <laughs> I literally love them but anyways part of the reason I started a podcast I'll out to them. I love them. Pace Case has said everybody needs at least, like everybody can do at least one podcast. You know, everybody has at least one good podcast in them. So that's me. Hopefully this is my one good podcast. <laughs> but anyways, I listen to Game of Roses and I watch a lot of the show with their vernacular and their um, lexicon in the back of my mind. I found it a little bit, not difficult, but like different to watch the show because I feel like the audiences, like they talk about the first audience, the second audience, the third audience, and the fourth audience, the first audience is the lead, the second audience is the women, the third audience is the producers, and then the fourth audience is us at home. And I feel like the audiences were just, in my opinion, different because Gary as a bachelor was a different kind of bachelor than the regular bachelors, not even just because of his age, but because of his history and what he was looking for. Like, it's just a different first audience that you're playing to, a different second audience that you're playing to, different kind of fourth audience in the viewers. I feel like we, a, a lot of viewers probably viewed it differently. I mean, I did. I took the show differently than I, like I, I watched the show differently than I watched The Normal Bachelor in, in some regard. So it, it's just like, I think the audiences are different. So I tend tended to have a hard time putting it in context of the regular bachelor i guess but in gore terms Teresa's first audience game like her connection with gary was so strong that any tattles or attacks or any conflict which a lot of the times in but again part of me is like was her first audience that strong or is it just that gary's a different kind of first audience where those kind of tattles don't have the same effect i think it's probably a combination of both because i think on the regular bachelor if like the person that you think is your person if if people have critiques of them you're less likely to send them home just based off of that i think most of the times those tattles and attacks work are when you're unsure you don't care i think sometimes they eventually like i i, I think about like zach with the christina mandrell thing I don't think he cared that much about Christina Mandrell or he was probably kind of hesitant about becoming a stepfather. So then, which speaking of Christina Mandrell, I completely forgot to mention this, but Christina Mandrell is now dating Brayden. They mentioned that at the end and he posted a reel about it on Instagram. Super happy for him. <laughs> well, you forgot. Anyways, I think that's why Christina Mandrell is on my mind because I genuinely haven't thought about her in months. But like when Christina Mandrell had, you know, some criticism coming towards her, I genuinely don't think Zach was that interested and he probably was kind of hesitant about the her having a kid thing. And I think he just, he sent her home because he didn't really care. Like I, I, I think, and then with like Hannah Brown and Luke Parker, there were a lot of like very valid critiques, but I think she genuinely felt something for Luke Parker. And, and so she kept, she like, you know, I think when you, 
have that first audience game and that connection, that's a very strong defense against tattles, although eventually tattles can impact you. Heck, even um, even Courtney Robertson, it was a different kind of thing because her first audience game did get her the win, but then they broke up while the show was airing and then I think they got back together and then eventually it broke up. But because of the, the negativity, Sometimes the first audience game isn't strong enough, but it can, it's a very important defense if you're not getting along with, I mean, all the audiences are important, but if you're really not getting along with the other women, you, you're, if your connection's not strong with the lead, then that's like bas- basically a death sentence. So anyways, that was an unnecessary tangent. Leslie's story was really heartbreaking for me. And again, with the stakes being so high, it's like when women on The Bachelor get broken up with, you're like, okay, they're in their 20s, they're in their 30s, that's okay. Like, they'll be okay. But there's such a like stakes where it's like, Leslie's talking about how she's never really had like a great love story. Like she's always wanted to find that one person and she hasn't found that person. And then she like gets to the end. And once again, Gary doesn't choose her. And she's like, I, this is what I was worried was going to happen, that he wasn't going to choose me. And it's like, that literally makes me want to like curl up into a ball and sob. Like that literally makes me want to cry. I'm literally tearing up thinking about it now because it's like the stakes are so much higher. It's like, I want her to find love, which is why I'm like, make her the golden bachelorette, like find her a man, find her like a good solid man who is going to be that person for her. I want Leslie to be happy. I'm like sad about it still. I don't know. It's just really sad. It's really sad. And I'm glad that she like stood up for herself and I appreciate her strength and grace, but it made me sad. I'm not gonna lie. It makes me really sad to think about. (sighs) Wrapping up my thoughts about The Golden Bachelor, Teresa and Gary make sense. They make sense to me. I think one compliment or like kudos that I will give to the the editors, I do feel like their connection was never hidden. I, I don't think it was always necessarily hinted to be the strongest one, but she was always in the running. Like she was always a contender. I always saw their connection. Even when she was having conflict, he clearly, there was, they were a common thread throughout the season. It didn't come out of nowhere that he ended up with Teresa. And I like that. I like that she had the first date. I like that they used Don't Stop Believing. I love Don't Stop Believing. I have a Don't Stop Believing tattoo. So for that reason alone, I like them (laughs) together. They make sense to me. I wish them the best. I'm excited to see their wedding. They're both Leos, which I really like. I care. I really like astrology. So I, I like to know people's star signs when I'm watching these shows. Shout out to Bachelor Horoscopes for keeping me in the loop. But they make sense to me. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm glad that Gary found love. I'm glad that Teresa found love. I have like a weird mixed opinion about Gary now because of the article that came out. Like, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling where I'm like, he doesn't evoke the same sweet warmth. Uh, he He's like a nice old man feelings to me. Like now he's more of a like, oh, he's a man, you know? There's like a difference to me. He was just like a nice, sweet old man. Now he's just like a man who has been gross to women he's dated in the past, as many men are. But I, I, that doesn't take away the fact that he seems like a lovely man now. And that bad relationship that he was in and the way that he was maybe not kind to an ex, I'm not saying that that defines who he is as a partner. I'm not saying that means that he's not going to be a good one, that he's a liar or a snake or like a creep or like not creep I don't think anybody's calling him a creep or a snake I don't know I don't anyways but I'm not gonna write him off because of that does it change my opinion of him a little bit but I still appreciated the season I still am very grateful for what the golden bachelor was able to do for the franchise and I hope it continues to do for the franchise because I care about this franchise and I don't want it to die and so I'm glad any kind of you know new life breathed into the to the franchise I'm, I'm happy about so I'm thankful to Gary for that I'm thankful to the producers for 
for coming up with that and i hope for better going forward genuinely not in like i you do better but like genuinely i hope it just keeps getting better and better this season of paradise was in my opinion a little bit better than last season so there's always room for growth and i'm excited i'm really excited about joey's season it was like the first time since a bachelor was announced since nick vial which is embarrassing because i really don't like nick vial now but when i was a fan i was a fan when he was announced bachelor i was happy about it okay in my defense all the men from jojo's season sucked so he was at least a little bit more interesting and i will say for as many flaws as nick vial has as a podcaster as like a person on the internet these days as somebody who gives quote-unquote romance advice or relationship advice or whatever as flawed as he is and as many issues as i personally have with nick vial and nick vial i can i consider him a bit of a parasocial enemy i don't know him it's not a real enemy but i don't like him <laughs> and his presence on social media he fills me with anger. But anyways, as, as many critiques and negative feelings I have towards Nick Vial, I liked his season. It was a good season of the show. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. It was good TV. It was good TV. You know, I, I can give compliments when they're due. It was good TV. I mean, it, he wasn't just all his doing, but he was a good bachelor and I was excited when he was announced. I, this is probably the most excited I've been since since that announcement because I genuinely really liked Joey and I think he's going to be a good leap. So I'm excited. Like, I think he's going to be indecisive enough where there'll be some tension. I think he's going to be open enough with his heart and kind enough that there's going to be real love and real care there. And I, I, like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like he has all the good makings of a good bachelor. Like, I think he's ready for a serious relationship. I think he's also going to be good TV and a little bit indecisive and maybe a little bit swayed by the producers. But I also think he's going to be genuine and authentic. And like, I don't know. I feel good about Joey. Maybe it's because we're both Geminis back to astrology, but I'm excited for this next season of The Bachelor. But anyways, this podcast went on longer than I had originally intended it to be. So it'll probably be out a little bit later in the day, but it'll be out sometime Friday and that's what matters. Follow me wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get notified when I post episodes. I tend to tweet if my episode's late or just to tweet when it goes live. Most of the time I don't tweet these days when it's going, when it's late because I've been so inconsistent that I just like, I, I just tweet when it's up. I have a wide range of shows that I've talked about. If you're not interested in reality TV, if you like The Bachelor but you're interested in other shows, I have a, like a range of shows I talk about. Like anything that I view, like watch, I will talk about. So feel free to check it out. I've talked about Yellow Jackets. I've talked about Ginny and Georgia. I've talked about Gilmore Girls. I've talked about that 90s show, which sucked. I've talked about Love is Blind. I've talked about Big Brother. I've talked about a lot of things. I just, I talk, I talk, I talk, I talk. I'm a Gemini. You would think it's Gemini season with how much I, I bring up the fact that I'm a Gemini, but it's not. It's Sagittarius season, which is uh, probably my second favorite season. Like overall, Sagittarius season is better because like Christmas is around this time. I mean, I know Christmas is technically Capricorn season, but like in my mind, Christmas as a season is like all of December. So the majority of Sagittarius season in my mind, the majority of Christmas in my mind is during Sagittarius season. So it's just a, a great festive time. Taylor Swift was born around this time. Some of my favorite people are Sagittariuses. I just, I love Sagittarius as a sign. A lot of good things have happened to me during Sagittarius season. I got into my, my top choice college early decision during Sagittarius season. I submitted my senior thesis during Sagittarius season. I graduated college during Sagittarius season. I love Sagittarius season. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. I really care about this podcast. If you listen to, if you are listening to this podcast because you saw America Lopez say shout out to the Emmy Awards because I am going to be posting that clip before this episode goes live probably. Um, thanks for that and shout out to America. Love you. Smooches. Um, but thank you so much and you will hear from me 
next week, probably Friday, next Friday. Let's hope. This is my third week being consistent. So like, let's clap for Emmy. Anyways, you'll hear from me next week. Bye guys.